0: Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller. Sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian?
1: We have part two of an interview of Margaret Bjork. We had such great feedback in the first interview and we really didn't get to cover all the areas that we wanted to in the first interview. So we're doing this again. So thanks very much, Margaret, for joining.
2: Absolutely. So good to be back.
1: So Margaret and I, if you didn't catch the first one, you should go back and listen to the first interview. Um, It was a fun conversation. uh, And again, we decided to kind of do this again. So I know Margaret from my time at Workday. we started the same exact day. So we went through all the onboarding courses together and we've kept in touch all this, all this time. And in fact, the company she works for today and the company I work for today, we still partner together. In fact, we were uh, collaborating this week on a uh, potential opportunity. And we didn't get to talk about this as much on the first episode, but what I've always appreciated about working with Margaret is how intentional she's been about finding her sweet spot in, in technology sales. And we did talk about kind of in depth about her background and her movement in the industry. And we, again, we've kind of talked to this a little bit, but so many people treat their career and treat tech sales like a commodity. It's like, what's the hottest thing? What what company has an ipo or what company's in heavy growth mode? And people tend to, tech sellers tend to look at the companies based off that or people that they know in the community that work there, rather than focusing on maybe what's what they can be successful at and what makes them happy and what they enjoy doing more of. Uh, so I thought, Margaret, we'd spend the time today uh, talking about that and how you... Learn to find your sweet spots in this industry.
2: That sounds great. That sounds so awesome.
1: So, why don't we? Why don't we kind of for the folks that didn't catch the first um, interview? Why don't we do a quick background and have you kind of walk us through uh, your education and and then how you got to where you are, and then let's jump right into the sweet spot aspect.
2: Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Just to kind of recap, I started my career, which is like now like twenty year, like twenty years in, which just seems horrifying. Um, but uh, you know, went to a liberal arts school, had a English and Women's Studies major and minor. You know, incredibly practical. Um, and, um, and then actually, so I graduated right in 2000. So like, like I had about six months before the tech bubble burst, but I, I was lucky enough to kind of get into the world of technology through, Uh, you know, through some connections with my dad uh, in education, and then, and then navigated myself into technology that was around nonprofits and the arts, as that was, you know, something that I was, you know, involved in and passionate about, and, and really had some very early success, um, you know, kind of finding that sweet spot, you know, really early in my career. And, and kind of saw it kind of come and go over, you know, over the past 20 years, and um, have been with different companies. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Brian, I was with Workday for a while, which was awesome. And, and then what I found at Workday, which was certainly not Workday's fault, is by the time I got there, I just had happened to um, run myself into the ground, uh, you know, through, you know, really burning myself out um, by trying to make jobs work that, you know, really, were not the right fit for me um you know i'm a i'm a working mom uh i think you know you could say i'm a working parent because i don't think it's all that different but trying to kind of be perfect at everything um you know uh, lo and behold doesn't work and um i ended up moving my family to texas and um leaving a great job having my husband leave his job only to find out that i was Um, beyond rundown and uh, developed two autoimmune diseases um, and kind of needed to take like a pretty serious relook at my life and my career. And what I figured out, um, you know, and and I say this to my son all the time is that unfortunately, the best learning is learning the hard way. Um, And I did, I learned it the hard way that, you know, while workday is the, is probably you know, a company besides the company I work for now that I, that I respect the most. And I'm so impressed with it to this day. It it just actually wasn't my home. And, and I had to find the place that I could be myself and I could be successful. Um, because I need to support a family and I need to be healthy.
0: So Margaret, we've, we've mentioned it in the last episode, which I believe was June 16th. if, If you want to go back and listen. Um, but the, the word sweet spot, I think we can all understand that that's like the happy place for you. But can you define just this sweet spot? Like if you were talking to a young up-and-comer in tech sales, what would you be telling them to be looking for as they're trying to find their sweet spot? Just what's the definition of that term as you see it?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I, I, it's just it's a term. And I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, research around um, the importance of uh, belongingness, you know, diversity inclusion is really important. uh, But belongingness is the is the outcome. And what happens when people feel like they belong, uh, you know, just kind of like when you have someone to sit with at lunch uh, in uh, elementary school, you can feel comfortable to be yourself to Uh, express yourself to be creative to be innovative which then leads to in sales more success and you know more success meaning more money more success better accounts more opportunity to grow and um you know we've all had times in our career where you know you're not as you're not closing as many deals as you want and you're building a pipeline you're doing all this and it's a reality and you have to be able to stomach it but it's not it's not why we do this we do this to be able to get on the runs where you know you can pick up the phone and have an intelligent and valuable conversation with somebody that's going to help them which likely will lead to them saying hey is there something that you can provide me to make this easier which is you know, obviously the sale and, and, and then that cycle repeating itself. So for me, it's being able to find that genuine place that I can be successful and make money and and kind of remove that friction that is often there when, um, you know, things suck.
0: And I mean, I found this both in the same company where I've changed and, and found my sweet spot in the same company and i think i think people listening would just think it can be in a new company like i got to change i got to keep searching in different companies do you agree that there's possibility to find your sweet spot in a company that you're miserable at today where you don't eat lunch with anybody but you can move to a different team or group and find that sweet spot
2: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's like your first, your first approach. You do not want to blow up your life. Uh, Starting a new job, even if it's the same exact thing you were doing is hard. Um, So, um, yeah, I think for me, again, that sweet spot inside companies is those um, incubators, uh, those new, you know, hey, maybe they just acquired a company, maybe they're trying a new product. I I think we talked about it in the last call. I like small. I like entrepreneurial. But you know, somebody else might like tried and true. But that's where I think finding your network, um, having people that you can have genuine conversations, and having the courage to actually have them. You know, maybe not talking to your boss about it, but talking to somebody else to say, I, I think there might be a better place for me. How, you know, what would that be, and what would be the most appropriate way? To to maybe learn about that,
1: Margaret. How do you if you're let's say that you you make the decision to to leave the company you're at, like maybe you tr- you try another team or you just feel like the culture may not align. Even if you do find another team, and you're interviewing with another company, are there any tells telltale signs about you know that a company might have better alignments? Have have you investigated that at all and and come to any conclusion?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that's really interesting because I think companies have gotten excellent at learning how to sell themselves. So, every, you know, every company you go to right now is going to say, oh, I'm on this list and we're on this and we do that. And it it, it can all sound really, really good. Um, but I think there, you really need to dig in. And so I think it's important to find the things that are important to you. So something I heard recently at a conference conference um, it was the proud to work uh, Minnesota conference, which was a, a, a conference about helping um, companies be better workplaces for the LGBTQ community. And they were saying some of the uh, folks who are in graduate school, when they look at a company and they, ha- they see a diversity and inclusion page, but they click on it and there's nothing there, they're like, oh, okay, I got it. You know, they know sure. they need to have that on the website, but, it, you know, but that's not really, their jam. Um, I think a really important thing that companies are doing is, is creating, you know, purpose is so important. And that's what my company does. So my company is called Benevity. um, And we help companies create a culture of purpose through volunteering and giving and small actions, you know that kind of that can help them learn more about making the world a better place, which is like completely my jam. But um, but I think what the companies that we work with do this really well, and the things that they do is they have ERG groups and so employee resource groups, and you know a lot of people have done this for years, so this is not a new concept. I would say when you're interviewing, you know, hey, do you have those? May I speak to somebody from them? And you know, yeah. figure out who your community is. Is it the women's group? Is it the African American group? Is it the LGBTQ, you know, Q group? Um, is it the Longhorn fans group uh, for Bobby? And, um, and, and really ask them what those experiences are and how they're supported. Um, you know, I think is a really good place to just start to have real conversations if you don't know somebody there.
1: Right, right. That'll be the first obvious sign there. And I, I just not to go too far off topic here, but I think it's important and interesting too, as I've learned more about Benevity and the work that you do there, is for for those that wonder, like, how does this align to, to technology sales? And it's really the outcomes that Benevity helps companies achieve too. So can you, again, I don't want to get too far off basis here, but can you talk about When you what what are the outcomes that you help companies achieve with Benevity?
2: Absolutely. So I think we all kind of knew this in our gut uh, that when people volunteer or give you know, good stuff happens, you know, that makes us all feel good and likely makes us feel more loyal to our, uh, to the companies that we work for. But we've actually done studies now with over 2 million employees across the globe where we can see that if, um, if employees can simply do two things a year, whether that's, you know, go to one volunteer event, give to one thing, attend a panel on a, you know, that an ERG is is uh, is presenting, um, that your retention rate can be increased by 57%. And that's on average. And so like, wow. this even works in retail. So I mean, when I say like this even works for hourly people that work in stores, the highest, you know, churn there is, if you can just get two things that kind of highlight that you're a nice person, these are nice people that you work with, in my opinion, you help stop that spin out that happens when I have a new boss, I just got reorged we just got did another merger and acquisition the time where we all sit at our desk kind of being like man i wish we could still smoke cigarettes because i would be outside smoking right now Um, and but again just to kind of lower that blood pressure and say if i can go and remember that you know you know we just acquired a company and then we get to do a volunteer event well 10 minutes after we're packing backpacks together I'm not thinking that they're from that company. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you you know your grandmother lives in uh, Missouri, too. We're humans. and then, yeah, then we can just be humans.
1: yeah, that's fantastic. I think that's a great example of uh, that's it's so natural to hear you express that too. so I, it's it it is very cool to see that that is your sweet spot of, of that type of cell. Um, you know I, I think Bobby, what when you look at your sweet spot in in the jobs that you've had in tech what kind of characteristics have you looked for what things have worked for you what things have not worked for you
0: yeah for me it's it's literally i would define it as purpose i mean every time i feel like my purpose is slipping i get really bored and don't feel excited about going to work and that i would say nine well i've changed jobs four times and out of those four times, all four of them were I've lost my purpose, and it probably had you know I think a lot of people related to the bad manager or the the income changing in some way, and all of those things also happen around that same time. But it's self induced because I've lost my purpose. I'm not I'm not able to teach people, or I don't have people around me that you know want to challenge ourselves. Right, Brian. You you and I worked well together at Microsoft, and you you kind of, you kind of got to my level and I didn't have anybody else to bring up and follow me or get, you know, get smart with me. And we, while we still pushed each other, we were kind of at a glass ceiling and I, I just, I was starving for more purpose and wanted to go from big company, little impact in big company to big inc- impact in little company. Uh, and it was, you know, there's been a lot of diversity in those four moves, but it's really all for me been about purpose and, taking something and growing it and making it impact multiple people. Um, and I can tell story after story after story of each of those changes and, and how, I, how I continued to grow that purpose in each of those companies or each of those roles. And once that kind of runs out for me, I'm kind of done. And it's the same thing for me at the Fly School today. I'm, we're growing it. We're building it. I'm impacting Tons of aviator lives and, and young children's lives as, it t- as they learn about aviation and move move through thinking about what they want to do in their career. And hopefully that purpose never stops at the flight school. but um, And likewise, anything I do, it has to be wrapped around that purpose for sure. And and people that I like and like me to some extent. I want to be able to sit at a lunch table, as Margaret said, and <laughs> warm up about, you know, I, I want people to make me feel comfortable too so I can be myself.
1: Yeah. It, and for me, it's pretty similar. I, I think I, I like and appreciate uh, forward edge tech companies. I like I like being on the edge of of the innovation piece because um, it's interesting to me. And I like I like the more technical details of that. I also like the ambiguousness of a, a company that's in heavy growth mode. I, what I don't enjoy is the job that I'm good at and know really well that becomes really, really boring to me after certainly after two years, like I'm ready. Like let's, let's make a change. Let's make something happen. Like,
0: well, that's let's a move really to one call out too. I think, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but I think that challenge, that's been something that both of us have, have sunk out. Right. I mean, the tech sales show was not the easiest thing to start and grow and build. And, um, but we never, we never slowed down. We never looked back because we, every week, every Monday, we were challenged to make a better show, do more for our listeners. And I think challenge is a big part of that too. So maybe I'll add purpose and challenge to mine.
1: Yeah. So, but so Margaret, when you think about the price, so the primary thing for you was, was that purpose and you've, you've got a company that you're very comfortable with is for you professionally. Is it, could you do this? Could you do this exact same role forever? Or like, what, what does it look like for you in two years, five years, 10 years? Like, how do you, how do you constant, like if you find the sweet spot in the company, which is amazing. And I feel like I found my sweet spot in the company too. uh, But how do you, uh, yeah. How do you continue to challenge that and, and, and feel fulfilled?
2: Yeah. And I think that is really, really hard. And I think, you know, I actually was selling to a company there in Dallas, um, and uh, and they were growing so fast that they said, you know we only do contracts for one year and we're like, oh, well, that's not awesome. Uh, but they had a pretty good reason um, is that like because every year we're growing so fast, we're in a completely different company. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that was something really refreshing to hear that I think tech sellers and sellers in general, we all might I think we all have that player where we just, when we get something new and we get that challenge and we get that alignment, I man, we're like on a rocket ship. Um, and when that's that dopamine and stuff like starts to wear off, it is, it's like hard to figure out how to keep it up. And it's just not as effective as you said, you know, when that starts to wear off, it's like, uh, it's not so awesome. And it's not that it's bad. It's just <clears throat> the same success isn't there. Um, but I think to hear other, you know, companies I don't think are thinking out more than two years either. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think it's okay for people to, and I think the economy is finally strong enough for you to say, I need to pick something, a role that I could do for 18 months, and and I would like to see you know, two moves or even one move from there that I could be comfortable with uh, or I could be really excited about. Um, and I think that's okay. And I think that's enough right now. I think, you know, I, I would love to stay at Benevity forever. They're just a great company. Um, but you know, in four years, they might be a completely different company. And so, um, for me, it's okay. And again, thank God the economy is good enough to get another job if I need to.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask to that point, how, I guess, what are three things that would move your sweet spot today? So, you found your sweet spots, you're in your sweet spot. And maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be this job. Maybe it's a different job, but give the listeners a few examples of what, what for Margaret would move your sweet spot. Like you're still doing the same thing. You're still working with the same customers. You're still selling the same stuff today. What would move your sweet spot? Meaning what would make your life miserable at the role you're in today?
2: Oh, that's a great, I think that is a great question. So, what would make my job miserable if my if my product stopped providing value? If I could not sell with integrity uh and know that I was selling the best um the best product and I had people behind me that were gonna make sure my clients were successful. So I think integrity uh and quality is paramount.
0: Don't you know um, there's like thousands of tech sellers, hundreds of thousands of people selling today that think that's selling, selling without integrity, you know? tricking a customer to buy an unquality, you know, a lower quality product than the one that's got quality. I mean I, I think I see people I've seen people in my career that are on the wrong side of that curve a lot.
2: Yeah. I mean that's just like I can't I can't let I me mean, talk about like sweaty pits and waking up in the middle of the night with I think what Brian and I used to call the night terrors. Uh yes. Uh, not because we shared them at the same time, but because we both have experienced them uh, in sales, where you wake up in the middle of the night going, oh, "I forgot something," or "Did I not say that right?" Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean that's probably number one. Um, number two is not having autonomy. So again, that's kind of why I like small companies, is because like they, we we have enough process, uh, but we don't have like so much process that I spend all day like updating reports. For other people, I think for me it's like, I, I I think updating three key things, uh, you know, you need to, my business needs three things for me. They need to know, you know, obviously my pipeline. They need to know what meetings I'm having and, and whatever that other thing is. But when that starts to become ten things, and then the next week it's another ten things, like that stuff starts to wear on me.
1: I, and we talked about we did, we did actually a a two part listeners' choice on this, the future of tech sales. I think some folks that maybe early in their tech sales careers think, well, like, does this company, does a company like this even exist? Like, maybe they're in their first gig, right? They're in inside sales. They're pounding the phones all day today. And they're like, yeah, this this all sounds great. But like, where do I even start to look for companies like this? Go back and listen to those two episodes. It's called the future of tech sales. We'll include those episode numbers and uh, links in the show notes here. But there are, Again, there are eight thousand jobs listed on LinkedIn today for fo- that, for companies that are looking for tech sellers. the The opportunity is very wide. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of research to find that company that kind of matches to your sweet spot. But it certainly exists. I think too. I think um, let's say that it's a non company issue that is leading you to want to make a change. And so, so maybe you can just shift teams, or you can look for that next leadership role. So I think I think many folk, folks look at it as a very linear move, like your next job has to be the manager of your current team, which really limits your opportunity um, to to grow and to change within a company that you really appreciate and like too. And we've talked about this a little bit on the show over the years, but it's really important to to build your network really wide in the organization. So that if you do still love the company, not to mention the stock that you probably have vesting in the company, that with a wide network, you can find other opportunities and other teams. So if that leadership job that you're you're begging and hoping for isn't occurring as fast as you want it to, and you're starting to get bored with the current role, a wide network is going to be really important to make sure you diversify your skill set.
0: I'd add to that saying that we this is the example of the merit badges we've talked about many times for our careers. You know, you, you you've got to know what you want to accomplish, make more money, lead people, have a bigger number, have more responsibility, make product impact, whatever those things are. But then what are the merit badges that you are trying to achieve, right? Um, And I think a lot of that stuff, to your point, Brian, of growing that network can be accomplished without changing jobs. You know, take Mm -hmm. a special assignment um, as a part-time business manager for a leader in an organization that does something different. Maybe you sell products today and you want to do some services stuff. So just work with your manager to get you some of those roles and assignments to where you can work with the services team to learn what that org does, how they impact customers, and what they're doing on a daily basis to make those customer experiences different. It doesn't have to always be a change in role. Um, You can test the waters many times over in larger companies, maybe not a smaller company, but even in a smaller company, it's probably easier to be flexible and take on a special assignment to work with the president of the company for um maybe it's an off-site and you know kind of be his hand his or her handler for a week and um really try and be a part of different things while not changing roles or companies
1: and for me it's i'm really good at convincing myself of things and, and tricking myself into roles or something that I'm, I I, just, I, I can convince myself that I would love it. Like I, I could definitely fall in love with that. And for me, that's that, that sirene for me has been services. And so <laughs> um, selling services. And so, you know, Bobby and I, we've it's been noted that we left Microsoft to start sparkhound to expand the sparkhound business. And that was a services are a less tangible product for me to sell. Like I, I like the more technical product to sell. But I, I kind of get lured into, oh, it would be very interesting and the margins are interesting and it's a it's a fun business and consulting is a fun business. Um, so what I've what I've kind of forced myself to do so that I don't try to trick myself is to journal things. And I don't journal often, I try to do two a month. And I just express like Bob, you talked about like the stretch assignments and earning that merit badge. One way to find out if you're gonna love or hate something is if you take that stretch assignment without moving from your current role and you dread investing that one hour a week in that stretch assignment, or certainly five hours a week in that stretch assignment, imagine doing it 60 hours a week, you're gonna love that. Because I think we are all so good at saying, oh, you know what, that was, that selling services there was different. If I go here, it's gonna be so much better.
2: Yeah, no, and I spent, I went to actually, I was just at a a client site on Monday and I was meeting uh, somebody who I, for the first time, and. And, and and they were joining this team so they were joining the community relations team to help on the annual campaign for you know three months and um and the woman i was working with was like oh i'm so happy she's here she already knows this and and the way that she found her is that this person was you know doing really well in another role but was bored and so she actually had reached out to her the, the hr team and was asking for that stretch assignment and so you know, they knew, um, they, and I don't know the specifics of it, but so they've now lent her to this other team for three to four months um, to run this program. And, you know, my hunch is she'll probably end up there full time, or she'll just say, you know what, I, I'm going to go do something else. But she's going to get, she's actually going to a whole different office. Um, she's meeting with a bunch of other team members. And so I think that's a great point. And again, I think starting with your ERGs, I'm like, clearly, I I feel like I have stock in ERGs, but uh, I don't. uh, But um, these are such great places to be, because they're bringing people in from uh, all areas of the business, that truly are trying to help other people. I mean, I think one of the really interesting things, and it was such an aha moment of one of the reasons we like volunteering and advocacy and, and, do, and donation, and it's like a little talk about journaling is we actually kind of like heal ourselves in our past, you know, whether that's traumas or experiences by helping others. So like, you know, if, if, the world wasn't so kind to women in the in the business world. Well, I can kind of work through that by making sure that the next generation has it or helping peers. And I can, you know, so while I'm helping other people, it's actually really self self-serving, which is, you know, a nice, a nice double win. So these are places where people truly have a vested interest and it's and it's really helpful for everyone to to have candid conversations about you know have you know what are some different things I could be doing here or, or somewhere else
1: yeah one other topic too around the same theme is a lot of there's been a lot of discussion around like find your passion and is that different do you see that different in your sweet spot because I think sometimes people can be lured in to say rightly or wrongly to say like oh my passion is for me it's cycling I love I love to ride bikes but it turns out, that it's not a great way to earn money. It's a great way to spend money. Um, but you, so I think some folks can be maybe confused or, or maybe not, like maybe, maybe I'm missing something here, but how do you think about passions versus the sweet spot?
2: <sighs> That's a tough one. So for me, they are aligned and thankfully they work aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree that they don't have to be. Um, and I think, that again is where you go back to that belongingness of like, you know, cycling is your passion. That's how you, you know, that's what you like to do with your free time. Does your job enable you to do those things? Can you right. talk, do you have somebody to talk about that with that does not think you're boring or makes fun of you? Uh, I don't know if that would be someone that, you know, Brian, but, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, like are those, you know, do you get to be, do you get to earn the right to have your passion by having this great job that like sales is so awesome. We have so much flexibility. Like we can, you know, as long as we get our stuff done, we can go do other things. And so um, I, I think there's there's an alignment. I don't think they have to be all together.
1: Yeah, that's the way I tend to approach it too. It's like, it's an enabler for me that that allows me to get the the type of equipment and kit that I that I enjoy. I'm like otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do those types of things. It provides flexibility. It provides travel, so I can go do the thing I really enjoy out on the road.
0: You know, I know a guy who bought a flight school because he liked to fly. I mean, you could get carried away <laughs> too. But um, you could buy you could buy a bike shop and have that as a side hustle while you st- kept selling some stuff. Well, they what say the only way.
2: Side hustles? Like, I mean, how many side <laughs> hustles do you need?
0: Well, see, no that's more. Mar- we I, don't I, need I, I need purpose, Margaret. So I got I got it going in four or five different directions right now. Are,
2: are we all saying purpose, but we really just mean ADHD?
0: Yeah, that I'll could like be it. true.
2: <laughs>
0: or an ego enabler. I don't know. Maybe it's a little hey, bit of all three. That's right. That's
2: right. Well, I was well, going
0: to say earlier when you were wrapping up on the the ERGs and, and the um the the looking at other roles or other opportunities, we were ha- having a conversation about that that. If you're in a role today that you're miserable in a company that you love, which I know dozens and dozens of those people, I think HR and these employee resource groups and, and companies don't want to lose you. They, you know, If you're listening to this and you fit in that category of love the company, hate your job, there's a lot of people that want you to stay with that company. And it might not be your current boss. They might not have your best interest at heart. Um but there's, there's a lot of ways you can seek out that help. As Margaret said, this employee reached out to HR to ask for a challenge, right? If it's not in your leadership team, shame on them, but you, you should be able to work with other people. Ask your board of directors and people that are your mentor team members to help you find that outlet to go search for a new challenge. It doesn't have to be the grind of finding a new company. I see people... LinkedIn is uh, very telling, and I see people change jobs every 18 months. They're not looking for their sweet spot. They're looking, for, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but they're looking for an easier way to make six-plus figures and do less and um, not help customers. That's not the way to go about it. There's got to be, and companies will help you find opportunity in your own company. They don't want you to leave. No, that that's
2: absolutely right, and I think that's what's really interesting. I mean, I think the people – that I see are the most successful have done a bunch of different things and move laterally. And I mean, I love the person who's joined sales who like was the product manager for years mm-hmm. and is willing to like start at the bottom. I remember at Blackboard we had the person who was uh, vice president of uh, customer success join, um, join uh, the sales team, not as a manager, as a, as a rep. Uh, and, and, such a, you know, I just think it's awesome to see people move around and, and when those are the people that, I mean, my hunch is they eventually become CEO because they've done so many different things.
0: No doubt.
1: Completely. Yeah, completely agree. Well, Margaret, thanks again for joining this. uh, The second interview. We really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Are there any, uh, as we wrap up here, the listeners always like to hear, are there any sort of new books that you're reading blogs that you're reading? Anything that's interesting to you recently?
2: You know, what's really interesting to me right now is Lizzo. I don't know if you've been listening to her. She's amazing. I think she should be president. Uh, So, but if you need, uh, if you just like need some jam music before a big meeting, I would put on some Lizzo. All
1: right. So I can find Lizzo on Spotify. Oh
2: my gosh. You too. Uh, (laughs) L-I-Z-Z-O. She's amazing. She's amazing. So yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, uh, you know, I, right now it's summer, so I'm thinking about fishing. I'm thinking about working, uh, and I'm thinking about Lizzo.
1: Awesome. We'll we'll include a link for those that are not like in the know for Lizzo.
2: Yeah.
0: As always, average is the enemy. Average sucks. Don't be average, people. Thanks for listening to the Tech Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sale Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.